Today on Green Cars, the podcast, we take a look at all new electric vehicles at the LA Auto Show, and I get behind the wheel of an EV for the first time. Welcome to Green Cars, the podcast, where we talk about all things hybrid, plug-in hybrid, and electric cars. I'm Trish Gloss, And I'm Dave Nichols. Uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting show because today we're going to go to the LA Auto Show and look at some concept vehicles that are coming. We're going to talk about Tesla's 2 million car recall. And Trish is going to explain to us how to charge a, mes- a Mustang Mach-E, among other things. Among other, lots and, of other things. And you've been wanting to get behind the wheel mm-hmm. of an electric car for some time. Well, what are some of your first impressions? The Mach-E is very fast, very cool. Um, a really interesting car to learn when it comes to EVs. Um, but you have to understand, Dave, when I went to go pick up the Mach-E, I knew very little about this particular car, but EVs in general. And it's unlike any other car that I've ever owned. In fact, after the brief tutorial driving off the lot, I had this feeling like all of a sudden I just don't know how to drive this car because it doesn't come with an owner's manual. Yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, it's like a smartphone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no hard... No. (laughs) Owner's manual in the the glove box. No, there's not. There, There is a glove box. Good. (laughs) But no owner's manual inside that glove box. In fact, it comes on the large console in the middle of the Mach-E. It's a little button that you press. So if you want to look anything up, you press that. The whole owner's manual is right there at your fingertips, so to speak. But for instance, if I wanted to find out how to charge the Mach-E, and as you're going to learn, I had some anxiety over this. Uh, I was uh, told to download the app that comes along with this car, which was incredibly helpful um, in order for me to figure out even how to charge the Mach-E. So it's just, it was a learning experience for sure. Luckily, Trish recorded every moment uh, in and out of the Mach-E. So we'll be seeing more of that in just a few moments, learning about driving green. Let's, Let's check out a little preview. Day two of driving this electric vehicle. Um, I've had some time to think about my first impressions on the car. You know, when you get a brand new vehicle, there's obviously a learning curve that comes along with that car. But when you have an electric vehicle, I feel like there's a whole different curve. Um, There's a a new technology, obviously, that's specific to an all-electric vehicle, but there's also different driving modes that you have to get used to, um, just different technology in general that comes with having an electric car. So I will say this, every time I get into the vehicle, I learn something new about what it does, how it works. And that's the other part of it. When you have an electric vehicle, the technology is incredible. And I feel like if I don't use that technology, then I'm not using the car to the extent of what it was designed and built for. It's really quiet and that takes a lot to get used to after driving a gas powered vehicle. I don't know when it's on. I don't know when I've turned it off. I didn't even know if I locked it yesterday, but then I found out it automatically locks. So yeah, again, a whole new learning curve that comes with this vehicle, but it's fun. I will say that. And when you hit the, it's not really a gas pedal. I'm gonna call it the go pedal. When you hit the go pedal, it goes and it throws you back in the seat. And I kind of like that. It's almost like driving a golf cart, only in the way that when you don't hit the go pedal on a golf cart, it just sits there. This car just sits there. You have to hit the go pedal for it to go. 
Does that make sense? Dave, does does. that make does that make sense? It does make sense. It's called an accelerator. An accelerator. Thank you for for teaching me some things. (laughs) It's you know, it's I'm getting hate mail right now for comparing the Mach E to the golf cart. But it's that idea that you have to get used to, you know, a gas powered car tends to roll Mm -hmm. a little bit and an electric vehicle for the most part doesn't. Well, it's bigger than a golf cart. (laughs) Yes, it's It's not a golf cart. Not made out of fiberglass. No, there's doors. All the good and stuff. We'll have a lot more uh, with Trish and the Maki in a, <laughs> a little bit later in the show. But first, let's look at the latest EV news. Dave, it's time for What's Up. According to The Verge, Ford and General Motors are both jumping on board to use Tesla's North American charging standard charging port. So are Volkswagen, Porsche, Audi, Toyota, Lexus, and Subaru. So EV owners can plug into Tesla's supercharger network. By 2025, you'll see VWs rolling out with Tesla's charging port natively installed. This will give customers access to more than 15,000 supercharger locations in North America. And Ford and partner Xcel Energy are building 30,000 EV charge points for fleet business that will be online by 2030. Likewise, GM and Pilot Travel Centers are opening up the first 17 stations in a massive coast-to-coast charging network by the end of the year. Mercedes-Benz just opened its first fast-charging 400-kilowatt charging station in Atlanta, Georgia, courtesy of ChargePoint. British Petroleum has stepped up to be the first company to purchase charging equipment from Tesla. BP Pulse has announced it will spend more than a billion dollars in building a nationwide charging network by 2030. A billion dollars. A billion. <laughs> with a B. And speaking of Tesla, we have to talk about the electric elephant mm-hmm. in the room. I'm talking about the two million car recall that Tesla had on their EVs that has to do with its autopilot system. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has been investigating Tesla's autopilot for over two years. The system helps drivers steer, accelerate, and brake, but has been involved in a large number of accidents. Now, just so I understand, this recall is to fix defects and how these EVs make sure drivers are paying attention using the autopilot. Yep, that's right. And it's a voluntary recall by Tesla, which involves over-the-air software changes, affects virtually all the Tesla vehicles on the roads of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, its autopilot includes auto steer and traffic-aware cruise control, and it uses various sensors and cameras to enable semi-autonomous driving. So the recall itself is massive, a little mind-boggling. How does it work? Will Tesla owners have to bring their car to a physical service center? No, luckily it is just a automatic over-the-air software update that's pushed out to all the vehicles at no cost to the owners. It adds additional driver monitoring to check driver engagement while you're driving. So as you know, I have a little bit of experience with this driving the Mach-E for about a week. How does the system know how to monitor drivers? There are sensors in the steering wheel that can tell if you're touching the wheel or not. And there are cameras inside the car that are watching your head movements to make sure you're paying attention. Watching you. It's a little creepy, Dave. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's a little creepy that it knows that you're not paying attention Mm -hmm. to driving. Okay. Well, we'll have to keep our eyes open for more on this story. Right now, let's head over to the LA Auto Show where our own David Biondi is checking out future EVs coming from Honda. Hello, everybody. My name is David Biondi, and I'm here with Chris Martin from Honda. And we're here behind us. We have the Honda Prologue which is a very, very new EV from Honda. So uh, Chris, why don't you tell us about the Prologue? 
Sure. So it's the all new Honda Prologue. Obviously, it's an SUV. It's going to be our first volume BEV. So we've had battery electric vehicles before in the U.S. We had a EV Plus many years ago, a Fit EV, a Clarity EV. This is the first one that we're actually aspiring to sell in volume nationwide for Honda. Awesome. So um, what's uh, special about this one other than being electric? Well, I mean, special is, you know, in, in the advancements of technology, battery technology, um, this vehicle is going to approach a 300 miles of range with a two-wheel drive version. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have an all-wheel drive version, two-wheel drive version. Um, it's got a really, really long wheelbase. In fact, the wheelbase is longer than the Honda Odyssey. Push the wheels out to the corners, give it a really good sporty stance. Mm -hmm. um, but it also gives you lots of great interior space. So very comfortable interior, um, great handling. Uh, you know, it, the EV performance that everybody's come to expect. You yeah. know, off the line acceleration, that sort of thing. Yeah, it sounds like the all around vehicle. Yeah, I think it will be. You know, and then the idea, of course, is to uh, go to zero emissions vehicles. We have a goal to go to 100% electrified vehicles by 2040 mm -hmm. as a company globally. And so this is sort of part of the beginning of that. That's part of the name prologue, you know, yeah, the beginning gotcha. of things. Right, um, moving moving forward into the future, you're going to see more EV models for us. Okay. Uh, we also have a new EV coming in 2025 mm -hmm. on our new EV platform. Oh. And then uh, stuff rolling out from there as we progress towards that 100% goal. Can you expand on the new EV platform or what you have come else coming out? So the new EV platform, as you guys may know, the Prologue was developed together with General Motors on the Ultium battery platform. Mm -hmm. So the top hat, everything you see above the sort of the, the uh, EV skateboard is developed by Honda, the interior and all the experiences. Um, but this new platform will be Honda's own electrified platform, our own battery setup, our own EV motors and all of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then it'll be a completely Honda developed vehicle. That's really exciting. That's awesome. And we'll have more from the LA Auto Show in just a bit. But right now, it's time to dive face first into the mailbag. <laughs> and we're hearing first from Bill Sims from Oakland, California, who asks, I recently read about a married couple who are driving an all-electric Nissan Aria from the North Pole to the South Pole. I thought it would make a great story for your podcast. Yep. And uh, Bill, you're talking about Chris and Julie Ramsey. They did a pole-to-pole -pole expedition. It's not a race, but mm -hmm. it's an epic journey of adventure, 17,000 miles, 10 months adventure, and here's a short little video. So pole to pole is a drive from the magnetic north location in the Arctic um, all the way to the south pole in Antarctica. 14 countries, 17,000 miles, and experiencing everything from the coldest environment on the planet and some of the hilliest terrains in the world. So we're putting this vehicle through its toughest test, but it's showing its capability, and it's going to be an amazing adventure. So with Aria, uh, our teams globally poured their hearts and souls into the car and made this very special product. You know, we designed that car with the vision that it would be fulfilling its role in, in many environments. You know, the Aria looks like an expedition vehicle, and it, it it warrants to be an expedition vehicle. The attention to detail is, is exquisite and it's just made the car look incredible, but kept the essence of the Aria, I think. They've never worked on an electric car before. So this is groundbreaking as an expedition, but it's groundbreaking for Arctic trucks. We have a long experience with Nissan and, and, and the Nissan vehicles, they have, they have the right DNA, if I can word it that way, to, to work with. Well, I'm excited about the electrical motors and electrical drivetrain. It's definitely going to be 
uh, our future. And uh, so far what we've seen from, from the Nissan and what we, we believe is going to be a really, really good step forward for us. One thing yeah. that's really nice as well, when you go in, it, everything's exactly like a standard Aria. But other than the additions that we've put in the boot, everything the car is exactly the same. And it's a comfortable space because it yeah. needs to be for our 10 months on the road, doesn't it? Yeah, it's our home for the next 10 months of this expedition, so yeah. Yeah. Super, super excited. I want to go now. <laughs> Can we? I just want to drive it. Super I just want to go excited. and drive it again. <laughs> yeah. I just want to get out there more. Very happy. What do you think of that? Did she say the boot? Yes, they must be British. What's the? It's the trunk. Oh. It's the way back. Gotcha. The boot. You know, we learned about we learned about these two. We were having a little meeting and it was brought up. What a cool story. Mm -hmm. And really, this electric vehicle, as she said, was their home for 10 months. So everything from entertainment to clothing to everything had to fit in the CV. Yeah. and, And apparently they're planning more adventures to come. So Well, I hope they share them with us. That was Chris and Julie of Plug and Adventures. Mm-hmm. And just again, traveled three continents, 14 countries from pole to pole, all in an electric vehicle. Yeah. Amazing. And our next bit of mail comes to us from Carla Banner of Dallas, Texas, who really liked our segments in the last podcast from the LA Auto Show. And she says she'd like to see more concept cars that are paving the way for real world EVs. Well, Carla... We've got, we've got you covered. Here's our own David Biondi with new vehicle ideas coming from Kia. We're here at the 2023 LA Auto Show, and I'm here with James Hope with Kia, and we have two amazing concept EVs behind us. And James, thanks for your time today. Oh, it's my pleasure, David. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's get into this. So what two vehicles do we have behind us here? Yeah, so today's a great day at the LA Auto Show for Kia. We've introduced a number of new models, but the two that you see behind us, uh, the green car is the EV3 concept, and the bronze car is the EV4 concept. We're basically looking at near future concepts of what's coming down the road from Kia in the EV lineup, just maybe a few years from now. So tell us a little bit about them. Can you say any specs or, you know, uh, what's the deal with these vehicles? So we don't have a lot of specs just yet, Mm -hmm. um, but when Kia produces a concept car, generally that means a production car is following. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of think about where we started with EVs, right, we had the Soul EV a number of years ago, and then Mm -hmm. we have a Nero EV, and then a couple years ago we introduced the EV6 EV6 and then yeah. the EV9 mm-hmm. uh, just last year. So mm-hmm. this is the continuing uh, forward motion of what we call Plan S, which stands for shift. And we're shifting mm-hmm. from ice or internal combustion mm-hmm. over eventually to EVs. Mm-hmm. So these are smaller versions mm-hmm. of that EV platform. So is Kia looking to completely go EV at some point? I think down the road, that is kind of where we're going. But it is important to understand that internal combustion engines are purchased by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And we have a very balanced portfolio Mm -hmm. uh, to get us there in the long run. But we have a lot of gasoline-powered cars that are here as well. Yeah. So this one behind us here, it looks autonomous. It really does. It looks like it could drive itself. Are these vehicles on the way to, to do that or...? Well, look, fully autonomous vehicles are a really interesting thing to <laughs> yeah, consider. Yeah. And, you know, we have a number of ADAS technologies that are getting us there, right? Mm-hmm. We have ADAS and ADAS2 that mm-hmm. um, offer some hand-free driving, and mm-hmm. we'll get there eventually. Okay. Not ready to say whether these cars are going to be fully autonomous just yeah. yet. Right. 
So what would really set these apart from other EVs as far as, you know, um, just everything that's out there right now with range and everything like that? Is there anything you can tell us about that? I think really what we're looking here is at a very attractive price point. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're built off of our eGMP platform. So it's a scalable platform, which is why you can build an EV9 and then you can come and build a smaller EV3 concept off the same platform. Right. Right. So it gives you that maximum inside space. We're pushing the wheels to the corner. We're talking about something in the $30,000 range. Okay. How about that? Very cool, Dave. Well, next up, we have a special guest from Mercedes-Benz. Dale Aselar is the Executive Sales Director for Portland Mercedes. Dale, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate being here and I'm excited. Tell us a little bit about what you do for Portland Mercedes. Uh, what I do at Mercedes-Benz of Portland is really uh, the logistics of the the dealership. The We have a general sales manager and a GM. I'm really the behind the scenes when it comes to CRM and um, processes. But one of the biggest things that I've been working on mainly has been the EQEV brand of Mercedes-Benz. So on top of that title that you just read, my actual title is EQ brand manager as well. I love it. And that's why you are here with us today. So, Dale, Mercedes produces some stunning EVs, such as the EQS SUV, the EQE, and the EQS sedan. So, tell us about your personal experience in both driving and selling Mercedes EVs. So, I have been with Mercedes-Benz, as I said, for 12 years. And in the beginning, we started off with the first type of vehicle, which was the smart electric EV. This came out in 2015. And this is what started the whole brand at that time. I was also the smart brand manager of that. When we started with the gas version and transitioned to the uh, the electric version, it was only a level one, level two charge. We only got about 70 miles onto full charge. If it was cold outside, you'd probably get 50. It took about 14 hours to charge. It wasn't the greatest, but it was a great commuter car. But it gave me the idea to understand how EVs actually worked. When it was launched in 2021 that Mercedes-Benz was coming out with an electric, 100% electric vehicle, I was excited, so I've actually planned out to get one in 2022, which I did. Got an EQS 450, been loving it ever since. The one thing that most of these cars uh, that we work with is that you kind of lose the DNA of a Mercedes-Benz or the OEM. So the biggest thing that I wanted to find out is that you didn't lose or Mercedes-Benz did not get rid of anything that felt Mercedes-Benz. So as I've said, I've been with Mercedes-Benz I mean, extremely a long time. My dad got a 1977 450 SEL. When I was 16, I got that. When I graduated high school, I got a Mercedes. When I went to the Philippines, I got to the Mercedes. When I got back, I got a Mercedes. So the getting into uh, this lineup, oh, I had two dogs, by the way, Mercedes, Mercedes and Benz. So I wasn't, I, I'm, I'm, I can't work at another brand. So I, I've had friends that actually talked to me before and go, hey, I got a Mercedes and they would share it and I would give them all the insights about it. And I wasn't even a salesperson. I was a totally different line of a, of a uh, position or profession back then. And then when I got into it, I know the smell and the feeling of it, even to the, to, down to the rattle. So I know when I get into any of these cars, the feeling it's supposed to generate. And I get that feeling when I get into a Mercedes-Benz EQEV. Um, so when we got it in 2022, I mean, obviously the first thing I wanted to see, what was the actual differences? And when you sit in one of these, it really automatically, you automatically feel the difference. The, I mean, Feel the difference in the sense of gas to electric, but the whole DNA of the EQ Mercedes-Benz is totally the same way it would be if you got into a 1960, 1970, 1980, 1999 Mercedes-Benz. So I feel really, really good about it. 
So, Dale, what are some of the most frequently asked questions that you get from customers who are interested in a luxury EV? Well, most of the time, people think that EVs can be cheaply done. Um, the um, And I have to say, not trying to put down many other brands, but there was a bunch that came out in 2019, 2020 that was really trying to push that line, just an electric battery with a car put on top. Mercedes and, and did all the advances of what it needed to be when it comes to safety. So safety was the number one concern. But of course, Mercedes-Benz has a luxury you know, star behind it. So it's a combination of the two. So people were really concerned about the build quality of of the vehicle that they were getting into, especially since the price point is quite higher than the normal. So of course your domestic and imports are gonna be on a lower end, but Mercedes of course has kind of put that, that safety and luxurious feel within it. So a lot of the major questions is, is it gonna drive like a Mercedes? Is it gonna feel like a Mercedes? And that's the thing when I get talked to by or asked by salespeople and sometimes managers, like how, how is it gonna feel? It really, I really kind of give the, the, the advice that you'll know when you feel it that it is not like any other car. And like I said, I'm not trying to put down the other brands that do exist on the market today, but when you get into Mercedes and you feel that EQEV feeling, you already know that this is a luxury vehicle by the, the way it's built, the way it's actually driving down the road, the no- road noise, which diminishes completely, but it really feels like a solid, solid, solid heavy vehicle. So you, most people really want to know if it really carries that brand um, feeling when you get into it, especially at the higher price point. So with that, Dale, what kind of feedback then do you get from people who get behind the wheel of a Mercedes EV for the first time? The surprise on the, you know, like like anything, of course, if you came from an ICE or a gas version prior and then you go to an EV, the number one question is like, or feeling is, I can't hear anything. Of course, there is no engine running. And then that's the same, that's kind of like the, the, the best part to it. But at the same time, they 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 don't know if it's on. They don't know what to do. But then I kind of let them know, hey, just pretend it's a regular car, and then you get to go. So because they don't know what, how they're supposed to start the car, how it's supposed to to move, and how do you change gears? I'm like, just position yourself as like a regular car, and you'll f- figure it out along the way. Um, I think the best, uh, you know, the the surprise out of everything when they're driving it is the feeling of it that it's extremely quiet the way that they did their sound for their music and how it's how the acoustically done in the interior. This actually gives the ability that you're listening to music actually almost um, perfectly, I guess, because the, the acoustics within the car, plus the road noise being diminished, you're actually just driving in a, in a soundproof cloud along the road. So it's really more that feeling inside versus the exterior um, on it. So it's, it's really an, an amazing vehicle. As you can tell, I'm really passionate about it. <laughs> yes, indeed. What are some things that car dealerships can do to enhance the EV experience? Like, will Mercedes dealers have charging stations for customers? So um, right now, that most of uh, any EQ EV um, that is being released right there, you automatically get two years of free charging by Electrify America. So you get to use that. Um, it also offers two years of free maintenance for any of the electric vehicles. If you're getting an EQS 580 SUV, they give you a level two charger worth $1,200. It's only valid till I think March, but I mean, these little additional things that do help, um, the range anxiety that people usually have. Um, so most of the, 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 the way that I discuss it is that we have these kind of, um, events that we have at the dealership where the open, open-ended questions are going to come up. Like 
How is it going to fit for me? What am I going to, what do I do in certain situations? And because I, I drive an EV and I have the history of electric cars since 2015, it's easy for me to give them the scenario. Now, I could tell you, it, I mean, I, if you don't have a, a place to charge when you get home, if you go long distances for a very, very long time, it not, might not be perfect for you yet. But explaining that to a customer who's actually trying to look at something, being realistic about the position of where, when they get a car like this, how it's supposed to be working, because it's a complete culture shift. You have to, you have to plan ahead rather than going, okay, I'm going to run out of gas, put gas in the car. But you have to plan out because it's not as easy after, in the beginning, but then after a while, when you get used to it, it's actually pretty simple. And most people usually transition pretty easily. So Dale, looking to 2024, anything you're excited about? Anything on the horizon for Mercedes EVs? So a couple different things. For 2023, the one biggest thing in the accomplishment we did at Mercedes-Benz of Portland, we are the number one EQ EV dealership for the whole state. We sold the most within the state of Oregon, which is actually a very proud and achi- proud achievement of ours. And we're looking forward for that in 2024. The one thing that we do see is, of course, the EQG coming out in 2025, an increase of battery and range in 2024 and 2025 models, the new redesign of the 2024 EQS, um, and of course, a little special updates that are going to be happening throughout the vehicle. So we're seeing that there is going to be a possibility of increased battery range, better, easier charging as the years go on. So we're, we're really excited about the EQG that's coming out. And before we let you go, I have to ask Mercedes and Benz, what breed of dogs? Oh, Maltese. Maltese and a Bichon. Yeah, they were smaller dogs. All right, Dale, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to talking with you again very soon. Same. Thank you both. I loved his energy when it comes to this brand, the Mercedes brand. He's a big fan. Yeah. And the fact that here we have this amazing German car maker known for doing amazing luxury cars Mm -hmm. and for engineering and for everything that Mercedes is. And now they're doing electric vehicles that are also stunning cars. Right. They're taking this this technology and they're taking this tradition of having a luxury car and smooshing them together, if you will. Yeah. And it's a I technical love term. that. So the, the wheels turn, all four mm-hmm. wheels turn so you can sort of have a much easier time parallel parking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Lots yeah. of cool features with these electric vehicles. Yeah. Well, and, you know, um, which brings us to our next feature, which is... We've been waiting uh, to see how waiting. Trish is making out with her Maki. So let's just check that out, shall we? Well, thank goodness for apps. If it weren't for apps and instructions for dummies, I probably would still be here trying to figure out how to charge the car. But um, I found this charging station. I had to set up Apple Pay to pay for the session. Once I did that, it told me on my phone, ready, go charge. So you take this little plug out and you plug it in, literally like you're plugging in a curling iron or something. It's that easy. So I'm driving the Ford Mustang Mach-E GT, and today I wanted to check out the Blue Cruise feature on the car. Blue Cruise is essentially a hands-free self-driving feature. It uses the car's adaptive cruise control that controls the speed and lane centering assistance that controls the steering. Now, Blue Cruise works on pre-qualified sections of highways across the country. We're talking about more than 130 miles of highway. That's where Blue Cruise engages on. Interstate 5, which is what I'm driving right now, 
is in that network. So you have to make sure a few things are turned on, like I said, adaptive cruise control and that lane centering assistance and your hands must be on the wheel. So let's get this started. I'm gonna get to a comfortable speed. I'm gonna hit cruise control and Viola, there it is. It says hands-free on the panel in front of me and the car is now driving itself. You can see the steering wheel make a few adjustments to steering and I am definitely slowing down because the car in front of me is also slowing down. This is bananas. So I've been reading up on the Blue Cruise feature and there's a panel right above the steering wheel where there's a camera that watches your eyeballs to make sure that you're paying attention to the road. So I have a question for all of the frequent hands-free drivers out there. What are you doing? I mean, is it just a relaxing drive on your morning commute? Are you sipping your coffee, munching on that bagel? I'm pretty sure you can't like check emails and stuff. So what are you doing? I gotta know, I need answers. Dropping the electric vehicle off back at the dealership, a huge thanks to Crater Lake Ford for being so awesome to me and helpful while I drove this stunning car. I have to say goodbye to it. I'm a little sad. Um, it's been so fun over the last seven days getting to learn all of the technology that is specific to an electric vehicle. This was my first time driving an electric vehicle, so a lot to learn, obviously. Did I have range anxiety? Uh-huh. Um, I had charging anxiety. I wasn't sure quite where to charge it, how to charge it, but with a car like this, you kind of just figure all that stuff out. Um, learning the technology, again, that's specific with this vehicle, like Blue Cruise, the fact that when you pop on the freeway, it drives itself on the freeway, bananas. So really cool stuff about this car. And I'll tell you what, it's quite the looker. Um, lots of attention driving in this car, which for me was a little bit, a little fun. Um, top three questions people want to know, is it fast? Is it fun? And where's your frunk? Where is your frunk? <laughs> Let's so, get right to it. Yeah. No, it, it, well, it's the front trunk, Dave, as mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. It's a silly question coming from you. I do want to make a mention, though, um, in that video, I say 130 miles uh, sections for the Blue Cruise. It's 130,000 miles. You have to understand, wow. I've got a lot coming at me, right, with the Blue Cruise. <laughs> um, it, it was awesome. It was such an awesome experience. And, you know, I'm going to repeat what I said in the video. You learn something new about the car every time you get behind the wheel. And you were surprised at how much room there is behind the second row mm -hmm. as well. Very roomy, comfy. It's a comfy car. And just the style, take away the technology, all of it. The style of the car was super cool too. The, you know, the glass top, um, it's, it was like a spaceship, if you will, like very futuristic. And that was, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun to drive. So that makes me want to know what's the next electric vehicle that you want to drive i mean dale has me sold on a mercedes i want to drive an electric mercedes um they just look super cool uh but you were saying the porsche yeah the Taycan. yeah is amazing that thing is incredibly fast mm -hmm. does everything really well it has the biggest brake rotors i've ever seen in a vehicle so it stops as as well as it goes you yeah. know yeah but yeah, so do you think there might be an EV in your future? You know, that's a difficult question to answer. I think there definitely 
cool. But like with anything like that, it's an investment, right? It's it's definitely it's not something that you can just purchase uh, willy nilly and just like, OK, I'm, I'm done. And if I don't like it, I can take it back in a few months. So I would definitely have to do my research and I would look at um, all the features that I liked, you know, driving the Maki, the features that maybe I wasn't crazy about. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think it is the future for sure. And I think that um, electric vehicles, you know, the Mach-E, for instance, so fast and it and it gets fast, fast. Right. It gets <laughs> right to the speed that you want to go yep. really quick. And there's not really that gear movement in the vehicle, which is fun. And I just think it's uh, it's definitely the future. So I don't know. Get back to me on that. <laughs> we will. We can arrange another EV for you to drive. Okay. I'm, I'm in on that for sure. And in the next episode of Green Cars, the podcast, we're going to be talking about why so many consumers are purchasing hybrids and plug-in hybrids instead of all electric vehicles right now. And we want to know what you think. What topics would you like Dave and us to, to discuss? And what is your experience driving an EV? What's holding you back from driving an EV? We want to know. And that wraps it up for another Green Cars, the podcast. When it comes to EVs, stay informed and stay charged. We'll see you next time. Follow us at Green Cars HQ. Email us the podcast at greencars.com.